If we have faith in Jesus Christ, the hardest as well as the easiest times in life can be a blessing. In all conditions, we can choose the right with the guidance of the Spirit. The Savior has even promised angels on our left and our right to bear us up, and He always keeps His word. Welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us this week. We're so happy to have you. The episode this week is on family council is ordained from heaven. Recently, my youngest son, who is 25, reconnected with an old high school girlfriend who is the same age as he is. They had a difficult past as any typical high school relationship would be, I guess. Um, There was lots of just anger and teenage angst, controlling issues, uh, the expectations that were unreasonable, and they had arguments quite often. You can imagine my concern when I found out he was talking to her in March of this year. With the continual COVID disruption of life, I am not surprised that I tracked her down through social media. There isn't much to do and he was left without a job because of COVID-19 pandemic, so time gave him idle hands. They chose to talk and get to know each other after eight years of not seeing each other, which led them to dating again. Things this time are thankfully different. Of course, there's greater maturity, calm, and respect, which has been a pleasant finding and very reassuring as his mom. I've also been very impressed with their communication. Uh, Communication is key to any successful relationship, whether it's a sibling relationship, marriage, friendship, romance, and so on communication is even more so important because my youngest son has bipolar depression. So it's very important that he is in a calm, loving, patient relationship that can be very difficult to find, especially outside of the gospel. You see, my boys were baptized and we went to church from time to time, but I did drop that ball big time and they aren't in the gospel now, but receptive to some things that have to do with Heavenly Father and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. I am grateful that they both have righteous compasses and can distinctly see right from wrong as well as how to fix a situation and move on, which takes forgiveness and humility. They aren't perfect at it, but they do it a lot to keep the cohesion of the family and our relationships close and solid the best we can. We do love each other very, very much. But adding to the difficult history my youngest son had with this particular girl, who of course is now a woman, she's 25, my oldest son's girlfriend knows her and there's not really good vibes between them. As a matter of fact, she made it very clear that she would be respectful, but that we cannot force her to like her or to engage with her. Now this can be very difficult when my boys who are only two years apart are so close to each other. The women that they date and potentially marry will have to get along. Otherwise, I could see a divide possibly happening between the brothers. But I pray that that never, ever happens. I did speak with each of the women and my sons, then talked to them together in passing about the situation and what the expectations are, leaving them to figure it out and fix the issues with an outcome of forgiveness and hoping for healing. Trust was definitely needed to be earned again. And you know what? That's okay. And that was the trust between these two girls who once knew each other. 
As long as they are moving forward with their hearts in the right place, they can only get to the place that is good for all of them to have peace and a bright future. They have so much to look forward to. And let's face it, we need each other. Family is everything to us and we can't do without one another. Family just makes everything better. Fast forward three and a half months and as I would visit every few weeks, I did go home a couple weeks ago and I noticed things were not necessarily getting better. There was still gossip and backbiting talk happening. The brothers were arguing about the situation, but for the most part, they were on the same page, thankfully, about their relationship and that nothing would come between them. But man, was it hard to be around all four of them. The tension was so thick you could cut it with a knife and it was just really, really getting old. So I mentioned that I went to go visit family a couple weeks ago. I traveled to visit my son and his girlfriend who's pregnant. Uh, she's just cleared about 15 or 16 weeks. Saw my parents, my brother, and my nephews there. My youngest came with us and his girlfriend. So everyone was at my parents' home. And we love to be together. Yet here was this big pink elephant still sitting in whatever room we were in as there had been no healing or grand gestures made to make peace so that we could all move forward. Then I remembered. And remembering is such a huge key important word as to remember. And I remembered my own childhood and what my parents did well, we had so much going on in our home of five kids and two parents that worked full-time jobs. My dad and mom, we had family counsel. So for this particular episode, the topic of course is family counsels ordained of heaven. And I turned to a talk given by our wonderful apostle, M. Russell Ballard, in April of 2016 at the General Women's Conference he addressed family councils and the need for them, how they are truly an organized gathering pattern after God and Christ in heaven. In the church, we have many councils, such as church councils, which typically include mission, stake, ward, and auxiliary councils. I know there's temple councils. Councils are an effective way of getting together, communicating, supporting, edifying, and assist in achieving real results and goals. We know from scripture and temple attendance that councils are the Lord's way and that he created all things in the universe through a heavenly council. In Abraham chapter four, verse 26, it says, and the gods took counsel among themselves and said, let us go down and form man in our image after our likeness and we will give them dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth we can always look to scripture to understand godly ways and means to achieve this proving ground we are living through on earth in the book of Abraham, again, chapter 5, verses 2 through 3, it talks about, On the seventh time we will end our work, which we have counseled, and we will rest on the seventh time from all our work, which we have counseled. And the gods concluded upon the seventh time, because that on the seventh time they would rest from all their works, which they, the gods, counseled among themselves to form, and sanctified it. And thus were their decisions at the time that they counseled among themselves to form the heavens and the earth. 
we can see that family counsel is a divine pattern that we should follow and implement in our families and lives. The promise is the family counsel will be a blessing to our families and keep us organized and thriving in positive and righteous ways. Out of all the councils mentioned before, the most important council with the most important effects is family council. Family councils are an eternal principle as we belong to a family council in heaven before we were sent to earth when we lived with our spirit parents as their spirit children. Some key requirements to receive the blessings that come along with family councils are to conduct them with great love and with Christ-like attributes, which Elder Ballard says will counter the distraction of modern technology, which can easily bring evil into the home. Family council is different from all other church-encouraged activities, like family home evening, which focuses primarily on gospel instruction and family activities. It's a wonderful time for parents to listen to their children and to each other. And Elder Ballard goes on to list four types of different family councils. So the first is a general family council consisting of the entire family. The second is an executive family council consisting of a mother and father. The third is a limited family council consisting of parents and one child. And the fourth is a one-on-one family council consisting of one parent and one child. In all of these family council settings, all electric devices should be turned off and or put away so as to not be a distraction. We want everyone to be able to look at and listen to each other. And this is so, so very important. So I'm going to briefly cover how each of the um, aforementioned councils may work. So starting with number one, family council, and this is for all family members. This is what we had a few weeks ago that no one wanted to go to besides myself, my husband, and my older son. Everyone else was complaining because we had to work out our schedules, make sure that we were all there. And one person in particular made it very well known that they did not want to participate. Elder Ballard says, quote, This council can meet to discuss family problems, work out finances, make plans, support and strengthen each other and pray for one another and for the family unit. This is a formal meeting that should be done at a pre-designated time and location, which my husband and I did. We selected the date and the time and even the room. And then you start the family council with a prayer. Invite the spirit into the location with you and to touch the hearts of all involved. So my husband and I actually went into our room that we stay at when we go visit and we said a prayer together to invite the spirit into our hearts and minds and to guide us, to ask the spirit to be with us and to guide us. And then when we went in with the kids and their girlfriends, we said another prayer. Again, the boys are not in the gospel, but they do love a lot of parts about the gospel. Um, They're very open and receptive to things that are very important, the girls too, and it's been such a sweet experience. When parents listen and children participate, this is the recipe for a successful family council. So family council becomes a great place for unity, loyalty, and loving support. Even though we are related, that doesn't mean we all think and believe alike in all things. 
And that is so very true. Family counsel can help us navigate these differences through discussion and a willingness to find compromise so that we can unite in our common goal of what kind of family we want to be. Loving, supportive, understanding, helpful, and uplifting, just to name a few. So when everyone is included, even the kids, teenagers, young adults, they can partner with the parents or parent because all families are different and unique. So everyone feels that they have their effort recognized and rewarded for the good of the whole. So family counsel can even have a place amongst single adults who have, let's say, roommates. Imagine the cohesiveness and unity you could have if you all met to discuss common goals, discuss unique individual issues, and could pitch in, help, support, and brainstorm. So much can be accomplished during this divinely taught counsel for all, and peace is at the heart of this teaching of family counsel and unity. It's so, so important. As a matter of fact, I think we need to be talking about it a little bit more. We figure out what works for you, for us, and how many needs to be included, such as expanding family councils to include the grandparents, the aunties and uncles, or in the case of single adults, the family council could include roommates and neighbors. It all depends on the topic and the goals that you're trying to achieve and the issues that you're addressing. So moving on to the second kind of family council is the administrative council, and that only involves the parents. It's important to discuss the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual needs of each child and strategize to address any issues that have been identified. The parents can decide together on approach, solution, and be an example of a unified front of peace, love, support, and effective direction the parents are always to be united in parenting versus arguing over differences of parenting in front of the children, which is never, never good. It's always best for the children to see the parents on the same page, which promotes a feeling of being solid, secure, and dependable. Elder Harold B. Lee taught, never retire without kneeling together, holding hands, and saying your prayers. Such prayers invite Heavenly Father to counsel us by the power of the Spirit. So true, the power of prayer. We need to remember to pray together over the things that are so important. And even the things sometimes that we would say, oh, we've got this. It's always, always good to invite Heavenly Father, our Savior, and the Holy Ghost into our lives to help us find that best solution. The third type of family council is a limited family council, and in this setting, both parents spend time with the child in a formal or informal setting of their choosing. They fill out what's right at the moment or for the situation. So this is a great time to discuss and place future goals, such as college, career, uh, what the child wants from life, to stimulate their mind and imagination in creating the life that they see for themselves and their family or that they desire. This type of meeting is an opportunity for the child to write down these goals set by both the child and the parents to keep them focused and for reference. This council is also a great time to listen to your child about concerns or things that they may need addressed, such as a lack of self-esteem, 
Um, maybe they're experiencing some type of abuse or bullying. Um, you know, they've had arguments with close friends or family. There's so many things that our youth experience that they need guidance and direction and support and love in. Um, and this counsel is very good for those type of issues to be addressed. Sometimes it's just better one-on-one versus doing it in front of everybody, having the whole family there. Again, let the spirit guide you in what counsel best fits that situation. So the fourth type of family counsel is a one-on-one counsel meeting involving a parent and a child. And this type of counsel normally happens organically. For example, let's say the parent picks the child up from school and the child, during conversation, mentions something that happened at school that day. This is a perfect time to use the opportunity to teach, discuss, and encourage positive self-esteem, and maybe even ways of handling conflict or gossip as examples. Additionally, an outing with a parent and child that is organized and scheduled can give the child some special alone time with the parent's attention, and that can provide special spiritual and emotional support that is invaluable. There used to be a time when you could shut the door, close the windows, and unplug the phone to protect your family from outside influences that are disruptive or harmful. With technology nowadays, Wi-Fi, internet, we've got cell phones, tablets, fire sticks. I mean, we've got everything and more. We cannot do this anymore. Intrusions and influences can penetrate the home with a few clicks. And the Lord has provided a way to counter the negative effects of that by providing the structure of family counsel, which strengthens, protects safeguards and nurtures our most precious relationships and family ties. Children need parents to listen and they have lots and lots to say and think through ideas to bounce off parents and guidance that needs to be given. And family councils are a time when we can understand and love each other. It's just simply priceless. Family councils should be patterned after heavenly councils, which are filled with Christ-like love and guided by the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. This will help protect us from distractions that would rob us from important family roles and relationships. Of course, when you combine that with prayer, a family council will invite the presence of the very Savior as He promised. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Inviting the Spirit of the Lord to be part of your family council brings blessings beyond description. Finally, please remember, as Elder Ballard taught in his talk, that a family council held regularly will help you spot family problems early and nip them in the bud. Councils will give each family member a feeling of worth and importance. And most of all, they will assist us to be more successful and happy in our precious relationships within the walls of our homes. I've always believed that when you invite the kids into finding a solution to the problem, that gives them skin in the game. And when they have skin in the game, they typically take it very seriously and are very proactive. There's a scripture on family council for this episode, which can be found in Doctrine and Covenants, section 121, verses 32. 
and it says, According to that which was ordained in the midst of the counsel of the eternal God, of all other gods before this world was, that should be reserved unto the finishing and the end thereof, when every man shall enter into his eternal presence and into his immortal rest. That is a loaded scripture with so many wonderful promises. And let's do one more. Alma chapter 37 verse 30. Verse 37 (laughs) says, Counsel with the Lord in all thy doings, and he will direct thee for good. Yea, when thou liest down at night, lie down unto the Lord, that he may watch over you in your sleep. And when thou risest in the morning, let thy heart be full of thanks unto God. And if ye do these things, ye shall be lifted up at the last day. These are repeated promises of being lifted up, and given mortal rest in his eternal presence. Who doesn't want that? I don't really believe that I understood how important family councils are until I did it with my family recently and then studied it out for this episode. With promises like this, I'm sure we will resolve to incorporate this into our lives however it fits best for our individual and unique circumstances. So going back to my story and and the family council that we had a couple of weeks ago, the one person that did not want to do the family council comes from a very challenged family background. She does not have a good relationship with her family, her mom, her siblings, and her dad has been non-existent since she was little. So when I said family council meeting, she thought it was going to be basically a meeting where we were all going to point out her faults and tell her what she needed to do to make things better. And I had to come home because I was out running errands and taking people to work and um, just doing what moms and aunties love to do and basically go into her and explain to her what a family council is and let her know that her presence and attendance is required. And she needed from me basically trust. She needed to be able to trust that we were not going to go in and annihilate her, that this was not going to be all about her, and that we would do this in a way that would be loving and kind to come together as a family. And so, you know, I did that with her and I wanted her to know that this was going to be a safe place where we can discuss all things. And it's not just the issue between her and my other son's girlfriend either. So she finally agreed. So later on that night, my older son got home from work about 530 and he came in and found me and he says, mom, can we just go ahead and get this done? I just want to get this done and over with. I know there was some anxiety and anticipation regarding the family council meeting, what would go on, how it would roll out. Um, And I'm sure that they all thought that there was going to be a lot of bickering. But that was not what I had in mind at all, as I had been preparing myself for three or four days for this, really praying about it, thinking about it, going to scriptures, and really just trying to put my mind where it needed to be, because I love the promise that when I open the scriptures, I will receive inspiration and revelation, and that's what I needed. And so I believe that and I did it. And my husband, who's so faithful and his heart's always in the right place. He's always trying to do the best he can. 
um, you know, he decided that that would be a good move as well. So like I said, before we met with the kids, we went in and we said a prayer together. And then we met the kids in the living room and we shut the door. We shut off the rest of the family. And there was a six of us. And so we started off with a prayer and I gave the prayer because I usually can't find volunteers. And it was like, as soon as the prayer was done, I could just feel so much comfort and peace literally in the center of my being with this whole situation, which granted, even I was kind of dreading it. Um, I was tired. It was hot. And these are personal feelings that we're dealing with. And these girls are not my children, but they're part of my family now. So thank goodness for the Holy Ghost who inspired me to start the family council by going around the room and we could each say one word, one descriptive word about what kind of family we wanted to become. And I think I started off with loving and then it went to my husband who said trusting and then right around the room, loving, trusting, humor, laughing, forgiveness, support. (sighs) I wish I could remember everything they said, but we went around the room twice. And that's when I really realized that we're all on the same page, thankfully. What a huge blessing that was, because if we were not on the same page, this family council could have really been a challenge and really difficult but we were all on the same page as far as our vision and what we wanted for the family and so I went right to my younger son and the reason why I did that is not only because I was I spiritually prompted but he's the one that's really just sick of this whole situation he's been friends with my older son's girlfriend for a few years and he was just really hurt by her actions and how miserable she could make it from time to time when we all got together. And so he just really, again, I said, no bullying, no cursing, no yelling, be direct, but couch your communication with the greatest amount of love that you can muster for that person. And that's all the spirit because people, I do not think that way. I do not typically operate that way. I'm a very black and white person and uh, very direct, but it was the best counsel that I could give our kids because my son was able to communicate some very difficult issues with my older son's girlfriend, who again, he's been very close to like brother and sister for many years and uh, say it in a way that she was willing to listen and she listened. There was a couple of times I thought she may be um, offended and react and get upset. But you know what? She listened and she took the whole meeting of the family council to heart. And just bless her heart. I was so grateful for that. And uh, so when she, when my son got talk, done talking, my younger son got done talking and sharing his thoughts and you know, basically his pains, his hurts, the things that have been going on, and then also sharing what he would like to see and how he would like our family to be. Then my older son's girlfriend was able to respond and to also share with her some things as to why it was difficult for her to move on or to let this particular grievance go and uh, what she would like to do and how she would like to have the family to be and the type of relationship. And then my younger son's girlfriend 
shared her thoughts. Now, she's the one that's been in the family the least amount of time, but I wanted her included because this really had to do a lot with her, and I wanted her to understand how we are and how we're going to approach this so that she understood the expectations of the family. And so they and so she spoke and then lo and behold as she was talking and when she got done my older son's girlfriend looked at her and said you know I didn't realize that you felt that way and you were going through all of these things and then my younger son's girlfriend was like I didn't realize that you thought that or even had that perception of me and I you know she's was happy to be able to correct that and basically share her side of the story and so here we were like maybe 15 20 minutes into this family council and these girls were already hugging it out it was this is what happens faith precedes the miracle people it was miraculous and then finally I got to my older son and he didn't really have much to say he was happy with the outcome um, but I know that him and his girlfriend have some issues. And so that's really what my husband and I wanted to help with them. So once we saw that the, the three others, so my younger son and the two girlfriends were able to talk through their differences, work it out and come to an agreement about what type of family they wanted to have and being part of the solution. It was such a wonderful experience. I excused them well, my younger son and his girlfriend. And then my husband, Jed, and I took the time to talk to my older son and his girlfriend because, again, she's about just over four months pregnant and they have a lot of issues in their relationship. There's about an eight-year difference between the two of them. And there were some concerns that I had. And so we needed to take the time to speak to them, just the four of us. And that is definitely what we did. So when the others left, my husband and I um, just gave them time to open, you know, with the whatever they needed to discuss. And so I just asked um, my son's girlfriend to kind of share with us some of the um, concerns that she has about her relationship and the fact that we've got this baby coming in December and some of their issues within their relationship they have they f they argue verbally all the time and it's just heartbreaking to see them put themselves through that it's also very annoying to be around and it's hard to have enjoyable family time when they're constantly arguing um but there were some other things that my son needed to work on too such as his temper and his patience he's a type a personality uh, he's a hustler. He works very, very hard. And sometimes because of the way he thinks and he is, he can lack a little bit of compassion and empathy. And so I wanted him to hear from her mouth exactly what some of her concerns and worries were. And then I wanted him to be able to respond in a controlled environment, helping him to understand that this was not the place for him to let loose and unleash that temper of his. This was a time for him to demonstrate that he is eight years older and to calmly and patiently communicate some of the things and, and the issues that he has as well. He's got a lot on his plate. You know, she can't really work because she's having a difficult pregnancy. So the financials are completely falling on him. He's stressed out. He has a heart problem. He has to keep his stress in check. 
And so there were a lot of things that we needed to cover and we did. We let them basically talk to each other about their issues and problems while we listened. And we just guided them when it started to get a little too heated. We would just take a moment, pause for the cause and and just kind of check them and say, okay, remember why we're here. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned after being married three times, unfortunately, and now with my third husband for almost 10 years is that if you can learn how to argue or have disagreements, let's say that's a better word, disagreements with your spouse or significant other, um, with your love completely at the forefront of your mind, you will find a lot of peace in your disagreements. You will find that you are not arguing, that you are not bitter, that you are not able to talk these issues out. Um, and there's not going to be yelling. There's not going to be, uh, you know, an atmosphere in your home that is unpleasant for the rest of the people that live there. After all, we want to have a house that is gospel oriented and a refuge from the world. And so literally what I do when I have a disagreement with my husband is I remind myself before I even talk to him and I say it over and over and over in my head. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him until it kind of squelches the fire of my temper um, or any type of frustration I may be experiencing from the differences that we're having in our relationship. And what I've noticed is that when I approach him and I do it this way, he is so more receptive because I'm not yelling, I'm not name calling, I'm not cursing. I'm treating him like a person, like an individual who I love I mean, I've married him and we've been sealed in the temple. So he's understanding that I still love him more than anything in the whole wide world, but that I need to discuss this particular issue. And my husband just being the gentle giant he is who hardly ever gets upset. Um, and he's, you know, when he has a disagreement with me, he always comes and talks to me calmly. So he's been a really good example for me. Um, I always jokingly refer to him as my water to my fire because I, I do have a temper. It runs in my family. I just don't know what to say. It is what it is, but you know, this is my basically bitter cup to bear. And I've learned how to, I've had to learn how to temper it and to focus it and to use it in a righteous way instead of getting ridiculous with it and being completely unrighteous and then exercising unrighteous dominion over you know my husband or my children because I'm angry that's never a good thing and so you know my husband and I we try to be a good example but it was just trying to teach that principle to my older son and his girlfriend that it's okay to have disagreements and expect them it's gonna happen a lot but if you can just respond in a way where you remember that you love this person more than anything else in the world, and just try to remember that when you're expressing your irritation and frustrations, you're going to be a lot more successful instead of looking at them as your enemy. Oftentimes in relationships, we can look at each other as if we're on opposite ends of the spectrum and we're against each other. And we need to always remember that we're, we're partners that we're in this together. And so that's what we were trying to help them understand through their communication and, and kind of guide with them. Um, and you know what? It was a wonderful experience. Did it make everything better and they just became this perfect couple? No, of course that doesn't exist. But what I did notice was that we just recently went back for July 4th 
and the girls, their relationship is really healing nicely. Uh, they're learning to trust one another and they're even um, offering some very loving, kind support for each other. This last weekend, um, my younger son's girlfriend had some issues going on with her family and uh, it was very traumatic for her. My heart really went out to her and um, my older son's girlfriend was really there for her and, and gave her some good, you know, compassion and empathy and a good, you know, ear. She listened to what she had to say and, you know, this is where we've wanted to be for, you know, a few months now and I was really grateful for her efforts. Um, the boys that divisiveness that was there because of the girlfriends that's gone and uh we just had a wonderful july 4th weekend so you know the moral of the story i love everything that comes from the gospel i find all of my answers and direction in the gospel of jesus christ family council is just another one of those and i'm grateful to have goodly parents who set such a wonderful example for me and i remembered it right when i needed to remember it you know there's that scripture and doctrine and covenants that says that you know basically and this is me paraphrasing it and this is how i translated it in my mind that works for me but you know when you read and you expose yourself to the gospel and you you do all this reading that the holy ghost will help you recall these teachings and principles when you need it the most. And I've had this happen during my missionary work and it is just an awesome experience. And that's basically what happened with the family council is to remember. And I remembered and thankfully we were able to do it. We had a closing prayer um, and all of us are pushing forward and we're pushing forward together. We're planning for this baby, how we can all support uh, my older son and his girlfriend in their journey, how we can help them get on their feet and how we can help support them and provide whatever they may need. We are there for them. So family council, please, please, please. And whatever circumstances you find yourself in, just know that the blessings of following the Lord and his gospel and his structure. He says, my house is a house of order. You will be tremendously blessed. And most importantly, you will receive direction that will bless you, your relationships, your family, and so on and so forth. It's all encompassing through our Savior, Jesus Christ, his atonement, which is empowering and loving. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is truly fighting a hard battle. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay faithful. And until next week, God bless.